Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Um, I do just want to pray really quick before I speak, because I just want to ask God to give me the words to say tonight. Amen? So, Father, I just thank you for this opportunity that I have to speak your word tonight, God. Father, I thank you that you just speak through me, Lord God. Father, you know exactly the needs in this room, Lord. You know, Father, exactly where we are at, God. So I thank you, Lord. I thank you. You are a faithful God, Lord. And I thank you. Your Holy Spirit speaks to us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So, Connect Group Weekend. Who is excited for Connect Group Weekend, right? It's exciting. It honestly is. We've been doing this for a little bit here at New Beginnings. This is part of our DNA as a church, is connect groups, small groups, to get together with one another. And this weekend, we're entering into a new semester. And like Pastor Mike said, you'll have a chance to sign up for one at the end of the service. But why is it important to join a connect group? And, and really, it's, it's in what it's actually called. It's to connect. Connect to one another. Connect, build relationships, build community. You know, I say this the last couple of weeks, just promoting this weekend. God did not design us to do life alone. We are truly better together, and God designed us for community. I mean, you could go back to the Bible, especially you look at the book of Acts, the New Testament. Connect groups weren't a foreign thing, right? They weren't, back then, they weren't like, hey, you want to join my connect group? Just go to online, right, and sign up for it. They weren't doing it there, but it was believers getting together together in community, right? Building each other up, reading God's word together, encouraging one another. Connect groups weren't a foreign thing. And they are crucial, I think, truly to the life of a believer. And, you know, I think back to 2012 when I first got saved. What did I mean by that? When I first came to Jesus, when I surrendered my life to him. You know, I'll be honest, believe it or not, and I'm a lot better at it now, but naturally, I will isolate myself. And I remember I got saved which was amazing. But then I didn't know anybody in church. I got saved in this church. Didn't know anybody in church. And a lot of my friends who I was hanging out with at the time weren't Christians. None of them were actually at the time. So I actually ended up having a period of time where I isolated myself. And naturally, naturally, I am not like a, I don't know the word. I was going to say like exciting, but I'm not going to say that. Like I'm just not a naturally person. Like back then, I wasn't going to go up to somebody in the lobby and being like, my name's Matt. Nice to meet you. That wasn't me. I'm going to be honest. I would sit in the back, and then I would leave right after service. Amen. Some of us can relate to that. But then a couple months went by, and I realized, like, I needed community. And honestly, it wasn't bad because part of that time, it was good sometimes because it was literally, like, me and God because I really wasn't hanging out with anybody. But I'm like, God did not design me to do this after a couple months. He designed me to be in community. And I remember back then I joined a group. We weren't doing, like, small groups or connect groups at the time, but we had a group study. It was called H2O. We weren't learning just about which water you should drink, but it was a really good study, and Pastor Mike actually was leading that with, with Martin Fernandez, who was, who's our new kids director, and I remember I went, and I was so nervous going the first time, but really, that started changing my relationship with God, because I met friends in there. I met my best friend in there who was leading the group, who probably didn't know at the time. I should have went up to him and been like, you're stuck with me, just to let you know, so I hope you like my personality. No, the first person that said hi to me, believe it or not, looking back, was my wife, who I didn't know. I was like, hey, girl. No, I was like, <laughs> I remember I was literally like, oh, my name's Matt. Nice to meet you. I know your hands are probably sweating. I was really nervous, but I actually became friends with my wife there and a bunch of other friends who I'm still friends with to this day. 
to this day. And that really opened me up so much. It opened my heart up. It opened myself up to so many different things. It is so important to get into community because here's the thing. Right here is an amazing time on service, right? Whether you come on Saturday, whether you come on Sunday, we come, we worship God together corporately, right? Our needs get met. We hear the word of God preached. We learn from it. We take it. We apply it to our lives. And we're impacted in the multitude. We're impacted. All of us hopefully are getting impacted here one way or the other. Through worship, through the word of God, we're impacted, but we build relationships. We build community in smaller groups, right? Because we don't hang out here. We don't have time to hang out for three hours after. We're, we're impacted, but we build relationships in smaller units. And really, we're going to go to the book of Acts because I want to look at a time that the apostle Peter, he made one of the, preached one of the greatest sermons, made such an impact on thousands of people. The people were gathered in Jerusalem. You probably know this story at Pentecost. And the thousands decided to put their faith in Jesus for their salvation. So let's look at this scripture in the book of Acts chapter 2. It says this. It says, therefore, Peter is speaking here. He says, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God made this, Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized that day, and about 3,000 souls were added to them. That is amazing. So Peter is preaching to the multitudes here, right? It said about 3,000 were added that day. 3,000 gave their life to Jesus and got baptized as well. But the next verse shows, they didn't, Peter just didn't preach this sermon. They all repented. They all got saved. They all got baptized. And he said, okay, figure it out. He said, have fun. No, verse 42, it says this, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread in and in prayer. They started to build community with one another. They started to build relationships. They started seeking after God with one another, doing life together with one another, holding each other accountable. And, you know, as I was studying this today, this morning, I looked up that word in my Bible. I saw fellowship. And the Greek word for that is koinonia. Koinonia. That's exactly how to say it. That's the word for fellowship in the Greek right there. You can take it. But it was really cool. And what that word means is the original language when it was written. It means sharing, unity, close association, partnership, participation, a society, a communion, a fellowship, a contributory help, the brotherhood. I loved that when I read that. Because if you think about it, in connect groups, in fellowship with one another, we experience that. We experience sharing with one another. Maybe that's testimonies. Maybe that's stories. Whatever it is, unity, right? Close association, partnership, participation as well. God didn't design us. We see Peter really lay out the model here. They continued in fellowship. We need the impact in the crowd. When we're here, we need that, but we need the connection house to house. Amen? Because that's where it really happens. We need the connection house to house. We have the impact here, and then we need the connection house to house. Now, if you go to the Apostle Paul's life, you see the Apostle Paul had actually such an amazing impact in smaller groups. 
a lot of the times when he would go to a town, he ministered into smaller groups during, especially when he went to Asia and he went to Europe. Because wherever he went, if you really read, it says he sought out the smaller, more personal venue of the local synagogue in the area in order to connect with those people. So they would be the first to receive the truth about Jesus that they had longed for for thousands of years. And then what do you think happened when, when Paul would do that? Then those people would go out and tell others. Do you see the power in it? He would go to a small group of people, but then they would go out and they would tell others. In Acts chapter 19, he's in Ephesus here, and he found a small group of people, and he worked closely with these group of people, not only to receive salvation, but to also receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I think this is really cool, because these people, when we go through this verse here, these aren't people that didn't know Jesus yet. They were believers. And it said, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. So Paul goes to Ephesus here to this small group of people who were already believers, and he starts talking to them, and he starts teaching them. And I, this story really related to me because I thought about this, and we all have a story to share, right? We all learn the Word of God. We get equipped so then we can share that with others because it was really cool. Talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I remember when I first got saved here at church, I went home that night. My uncle brought me to church, and I went home. He invited me over for dinner after, and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit in his kitchen. He prayed the prayer of me, and I received the Holy Spirit, and I got the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And the reason I'm telling you this is sometimes maybe we have a mindset, well, things only can happen in church, but we are the church. We bring church with us. Amen? Sometimes we get, that's a dangerous mindset. Don't get me wrong. Powerful things, of course, happen. Why? Because this is the house of God. We come together, right? We bring what we have. But don't ever get into a mindset that you can only, like when we had that prayer moment here, that you can only pray for somebody when you're in a church building. No, we are the church. This is a building. We are the church. We bring that with us. Amen? And that's why in connect groups, we see so many much powerful things happening. Believers praying with one another, because what you are doing is we are bringing the church together in different areas, in different communities, because we are the church. Say Somebody say, we are the church. Because we need to have that in our heart, because there's people out there that need the church. And they may never step foot in this building, but they'll see Jesus through us. Amen? Amen. So where was I here? Okay. So Paul here, he, you would see too, he would go, he'd make connection with these people, right? And he would help them start a church. He would start maybe if it was with 12 people, whatever. But once he would make the connection, what would he do? He would stay with them for sometimes months, years, in order to make sure there was a firm foundation established. And that's, that's important because connect groups are instrumental in building strong, deep foundations of faith in the hearts of each person. God is using all of us to impact one another. Amen? Amen. Jesus, if we look at the life of Jesus, he impacted the multitudes with miracles. We see that. He did so many miracles, impacted the multitudes. But he raised disciples by staying in close contact with his 12 disciples. He impacted the multitude, but then he raised up disciples. He raised up a group of 12 disciples, and he spent so much time with them. And I want to look at, let's go to Mark chapter 3 here. 
And he went up on a mountain and called to him, Jesus called to him, those he himself wanted, and they came to him. Then he appointed 12, that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach and have power to heal sicknesses and cast out demons. Jesus did this because what he was doing, he was giving them the equipment that they needed to go and change lives, to go bring the gospel. Because here's the coolest thing. So we have church here Wednesday, Saturday, Sundays. But when we get together in connect groups, we're bringing the church together because we are the church, right? So we're bringing the church together. We're encouraging one another, right? We're strengthening one another. And then what happens with that? Maybe it's 10 people in a group. Maybe it's 12. Maybe it's 8. What happens with that? We go our ways after the group. We go into our workplace. But now we strengthen each other. We encourage each other. Now it's our job. We go spread it even more. Do you see the power in that? Because Jesus knew all about that because he knew he couldn't do everything himself. So he raised up 12 to go out, to raise up another 12, to go out, to raise up another 12. That's how multiplication happens. That that is how the gospel gets spread. Because we might not realize that if, say, you have 10 people in a group, you strengthen, you encourage one another, you all go out to your jobs, to your families, to your communities. Even in that, you could affect hundreds of people from one group. Do you see how it works? And we need strengthening. We need encouragement. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes it's hard to make it from Saturday to Saturday, right? It might be hard to make it from Saturday to Sunday at noon. But it is hard, right? Because life throws things at us. We all have family members. Just kidding. That was, you get it? Oh, there we go. No. But life throws things at us, right? Our workplaces, finances, whatever it may be. And sometimes it's hard to go from Saturday to Saturday. But we're in a group, and I'm going to keep going into this. I'm going a little bit ahead of my notes. We're in a group and building relationships. We have people we can lean on. I know I can't do life from Saturday to Saturday without people because, honestly, I got issues. It just is what it is. I'm being real. I struggle with things just like you do. But I know I have my wife. I have a close group of friends. I have my family that I can go to that, number one, are going to tell, tell me about myself, and number two, are going to encourage me with the word of God. Amen going a little bit ahead of myself, but that's okay. So God accomplishes great things when we, even when we get together in these connect groups, because God is, way, I'm, I believe this with all my heart, he is way more interested in us building relationships than us just coming to church and, and hiding out and then just leaving. Relationships really are everything to God. I mean, you could look all through the Bible how important relationships are. I mean, think about it. God really, if you really think about it, he never even spent time alone, because God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Son, Jesus always existed. That's the first connect group, right? Three people strong. God designed us to do life together. So connect groups provide a bunch of stuff, but I want to talk about some of the things that they they provide, okay? So I want to encourage you to get into one and also encourage how God can use you in one. So the first thing connect groups provide is discipleship. Discipleship. Connect groups, they provide us an opportunity to learn from each other and then apply the gospel within the intimacy of relationships. Discipleship. You know, I could think of the first, it, well, I mean, I guess it wasn't an official connect group, but the first connect group around a group of people I was in, once I got saved, my uncle would meet with two great men of faith. Rick Donet, he comes to church here. I think he comes on Sundays. And James Rushton, who's, he's home with the Lord now. And he would meet with them. I forget, it was like maybe every Tuesday or Wednesday morning. And once I got saved, my uncle started inviting me there. And I would just sit at the kitchen table, and I would just listen. I wouldn't say anything, but I was being literally discipled right then and there. Because I was listening to these men share things, talk about healing, talk about faith, great men of faith, great men of knowledge. At that point, I was a baby Christian, but I would just listen. I wouldn't even say anything. I would ask questions here and there. 
But I would just listen, and I was being discipled in that moment. I was learning so much. It provides discipleship. In Titus chapter 2, it tells us that we are to take advantage of teachable moments in each other's lives. The older teaching the younger, right? The, the married teaching the single, sharing life experience together. I can think about that in my own life. Like, there's people I go to in my life. I'm married now, and I have a little daughter, but people that have been married longer, my friends, and have kids, I'll ask them advice all the time because this is new to me. But then I notice now, like, especially at New Youth, some of my younger leaders, I'm like, yeah, listen, when you get married, don't do that. <laughs> don't say that. I could talk to them a little bit now. I've been married only a few years, but it's teaching each other, right? Because we're all in different seasons of life. We're all growing, and we can learn from one another, learn from one another's mistakes, which is hugely important, and learn from each other's successes, what worked, maybe what didn't work. Discipleship. Jesus, who, is, who Jesus is, who he is is critical to hear from, hear from this pulpit, right? We come here each week, and we talk about who he is. We talk about his love. But when we get into these connect groups, it really breaks it down. It's important because then we can start actually asking each other questions about it. Maybe it's being honest and asking each other doubts. Whatever it may be, we could talk to one another about it face-to-face because we need people that are willing to get to know us so we can walk this life with one another and pursue Jesus. Amen? You know, I could think about it new youth. Honestly, we've been doing this for a while. We do connect groups, pretty much small groups. We do them a little bit different. We, don't, we do them like within the context of our service. So what we do is we come together, we have worship, we do a message, and then we break into small groups. We have like high school guys, middle school guys, high school girls, middle school girls. And honestly, this is where, and Dion's here, he could attest to this, this is where we see really the growth of our students. Because when I'm up there, or, or Dion, or Anthony, or whoever, or Jen Mess, we're speaking a message, which is great, but we're talking to a bunch of people that are in different seasons of life, right? So it's affecting them. But then when we get into these small groups with them, and we start talking to them, what we're doing, every week we're building relationships. That's what we do in Connectors. We're building relationships. We're becoming vulnerable with one another. Most of the times what we see with our students And honestly, I'm just using this as an example because we see it with each other in groups is they will come to us in prayer in the small group. They will come to us in prayer in a small group. Why? Because they know from weeks of being in the group with each other, this person cares how I'm doing. That person cares how I'm doing so I can be open and I can be vulnerable. And that is one of the biggest ways we also disciple our kids and our students because we get to talk to them more on their level and answer the questions they have. Which really brings me to answer number two. I mean, Thing number two, point number two, answers. I got a little ahead of myself. Connect groups provide answers. Because when we cultivate that environment of openness where you can be vulnerable with one another and we discuss and we apply scripture with one another, we can ask questions. Because listen, some of us may be ashamed to admit it. Some of us may be scared to admit it. We have doubts, right, sometimes that we process. But when we're in a group with people that we know that love us and care about us, we could, we could talk about those da- doubts. We can be open and honest and vulnerable, and then we can encourage one another. They provide answers because, listen, right now, if we would be here forever if I said, who here has a question, right? We would be here forever, and we do. You can come up and talk to us after, and we could pray for you, but when you get into a group, you can be open and honest and ask questions and get answers. Get answers. Maybe there's questions, something you don't know about the Bible yet or something that you haven't experienced that somebody else does. You can ask and get an answer, and maybe nobody knows in the group, and that's fine, but then what do you do? You search the scriptures together. Community, right? And even on a more practical sense, because, see, our prayer is, and I truly believe, when you get into connect groups, you start building lifelong relationships and friendships, right? I could think of my friendships, my, my lifelong friendships, my best friends. I don't know what I would do without them if I couldn't ask questions. Even practical things, real-life things. I think back to when Bianca and I, when we had our daughter, Everest. Listen, as a first-time parent, and we all probably can relate to this if you, you think back, 
you get kind of a little freaked out, right? First time. I remember we left the hospital, and I was, like, shaking driving because I'm like, oh, the nurses aren't with us. They're not coming with us? I didn't know that. Um, so this is just us. Cool, 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 cool. So we got home, and it was great. And we have uh, Everest has amazing grandparents who we ask questions, and, and they're always there for us. And then my friend, remember one night, I, I'm going to tell you a dad of the year story here. My friend Mark and his wife Lindy, they have two younger sons. So I was texting him a lot questions because their sons were pretty young. Hey, uh, she's crying a certain way. Is she okay? They're like, yeah, she's fine. She's fine. And then it was the first night we had uh, Everest home. This is a moment I'm not proud of, but I had to change her diaper or something. So she's like three days old, four days old, I don't remember. So I go to change her diaper, and it's a little dark, and I'm a little tired. And I put the diaper on, and I think I put it on wrong. So I was like, oh, let me just take this, this, pull the strap off quick and redo it. So I pulled, and I heard something tear, but it wasn't the diaper. I ripped her umbilical cord off. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So... Yeah, so I screamed, and I was like, Bianca, I was like, I guess we're going back to the hospital. And my wife is just like, she's like, if you know her, she, there's like nothing that bothers. I don't know what it is. It actually does. She's like, she's fine. I'm like, she's not fine. She's not fine. So I'm calling Lindy, texting her like, what did I do? Did I just do this? And she's like, she's like, is it bleeding? I'm like, no. She's like, I, I think she asked me, like, does it smell or something? I'm like, let me check. I'm like, no. She's like, she's like, she's okay. And honestly, I knew they were our friends. I could trust in them, right? So you, could, you have people that you could go to. Because honestly, if I had nobody I could text in that moment, I probably would have rushed her to the hospital, which maybe wasn't a bad thing just to get a check. But what I'm saying is, you see what I'm saying here? We build friendships that we could go to in life. Because I didn't have any experience with that now yet. The first time Everest fell and she hit her head, I freaked out. Now she falls. I'm like, you're okay? You look good. Okay. So, <laughs> but when stuff happens for the first time, we don't know. We don't have the answers. And then somebody eventually, when I have a friend one day that maybe has a kid, they'll maybe be able to ask me things, and I might be able to help them calm down because I've went through it already. So do you see what I'm saying here? Connect groups provide answers. The third thing connect groups provide, and this one is extremely important. This is the one we don't like to talk about, but it's important, is accountability. They provide accountability connect groups. They really do, because friendships, when you build friendships and you build community, it, it really builds in accountability. They set the stage for you to belong and bond with those who are going through the same struggles you are. You know, me personally, I don't like going to the gym. I don't. I, I just don't like waking up to go. But honestly, being honest, I joke around about it a lot. I, I normally joke around in messages, but for like five years, I really did not work out more than like one day a week twice a month, maybe. Like, I mean, like, I mean, when I say that, I mean one day a week, and then I wait three more months to do one day a week. <laughs> and it, honestly, I joke around about it, but it started actually taking effect on, it really started to take an effect on me, because I started sensing, like, my energy was, was very low. I was more tired, right? Started almost feeling depressed, because I'm just, I'm, and I was eating terrible, because I didn't care about how I was eating, because I'm not really working out. And then I went through about, like, five years, and it was just recently, a couple months ago, and I realized I do it. Dion here, we started going to the gym together. We hold each other accountable because I don't wake up at 6.15 in the morning and go, yes, I get to go work out. I don't do that. But I know he's going to be there waiting for me, and I'm not going to let him down because he's there expecting me to be there, and vice versa probably. We hold each other accountable, and we've both been going now consistently. Do you see what I'm saying? And also, listen, we all have struggles. Pastor Mike, 
and Mark, my best friends, they hold me accountable. They tell me about myself. I'm just being honest. I know they're there to, to hold me accountable because honestly, believe it or not, very naturally, I can be a negative person. I really can. I'm just being honest. A lot of the times, even good things, I'll see the negatives in them. I just will. But they, he, best of the past, Mike, he'll let me know when I'm like that. Or he'll let me know if I'm talking a certain way or acting a certain way. I can count on them to be open and honest with me, vice versa. And we might not like that, but that is how we grow, right? That is how we grow because that is when we know we're doing something. We know we're acting a certain way. Then we could apply and then, you know what? I do need to change that. You know what? I do need to work on that. You know what? I do need to seek God in that. It provides us, connect groups, relationships, community provides us with accountability. The fourth thing, and this one is really great, I hope we apply this, is evangelism. Because, listen, you don't have to be a member of the church to join a connect group or a believer. You could bring your unbelieving friends to connect groups because, honestly, that might be something they're more comfortable with than stepping in a church door for the first time. Connect groups could be a great way to evangelize to them, to tell them about Jesus, to tell them about his love. It really can be, because I know me personally, it took me a while to come to church, and some people are just aren't comfortable coming to church, but if you invite them, hey, you know, I meet with a group once a week for a couple weeks at, at my friend's house, why don't you come? They might be more open to that, and then what are they going to see? They're going to see people that care about them, that love on them, and then tell them about the love of Jesus, and I promise you, their heart will probably start breaking down. Barriers, walls will start coming down, amen? Amen. Another way, another thing connect groups provide is hospitality. God is truly a God of hospitality. We see this. He sets a table before us filled with all his goodness, and he encourages us to provide hospitality as well. And that's what it is. We meet in homes. What do we do? And we open our homes for you that are leading a connect group, right? Some of us would bring food, which is like the best part of a connect group when you're eating, right? Amen, Pastor Ray? I think so. Hospitality is so important to practice with one another, right? And honestly, it, I'm going to be honest. It's a great way, too, because I know my wife and I, if we know people are coming over, we'll clean the house. <laughs> Just being honest, we'll do half cleaning when people aren't coming over. If people are coming over, be like, you get the bathroom, I get the living room, we'll get this, and it'll be nice and clean. Some of us, maybe we just need to do it in a connect group to keep our house clean for eight weeks, six, eight weeks. <laughs> it provides hospitality. Sixth point is this, prayer. Provides a place of prayer. When Pastor Mike came up here in, in the beginning of service and he said, who here is needs, right? Because there's always people that have needs. And we gathered around and we prayed for one another. Connect groups provide that because we have a place where we can go and ask others for prayer. And we also, it's a place where God can use you in praying for one another. Amen. It provides a place where you know you can go to. Maybe you're struggling throughout the week and say, listen, I need you guys to pray for me. I'm struggling with something. It provides a safe place that you can get prayer, you can receive prayer, and you can also pray with one another. In connect groups, children, parents, neighbors, friends, new believers, that we help each other come to the throne of God's grace together, bringing before God every concern that we have. Every concern. I know I go to my friends, the people that I'm close with when I need prayer, and I know that they'll always be there. I know I can call them at any time. I know I could text them. Can you pray for me? And I know that they're praying for me regardless. I'll get text from them. Hey, I want to let you know, love you, praying for you. We build those relationships in connect groups. You could be building lifelong relationships in connect groups. Amen? The last point I have here, which is an important one, is socializing. Connect groups are fun. 
I love them for the fact they're fun. You get to see your friends, right? You get to meet new people. You get to socialize. Some of us, it's good because it forces us to come out of our comfort zones because some of us don't like to talk to people, right? We don't really like to be outgoing. Not that saying you ain't going to connect group and you're screaming, but it provides a way for us to socialize with one another, to even step out of our shells, to step out of our comfort zones, to meet with one another. We catch up with one another. We Honestly, in a way, we practice our calling to understand one another and love one another. Socializing sometimes could really force you to show God's love to one another once you start knowing a little bit about each other. Amen. So socializing, because we learn how others are navigating through this world and we can gain strength from one another. When we just talk to one another, talk to each other about our jobs, talk to each other about our families. I know me personally, it's a fun way just for some of my friends to talk about sports. And honestly, my team's doing pretty good this year, the 49ers, so I feel like I got a lot of bragging to do until they start losing, which will probably be soon, but I have a couple weeks to, to keep it going. It's a way to have fun as well. Connect groups are meant to be fun, guys. We get together. We see people that we know care about us. We, see, we meet new friends. It's a way to have fun with one another. So connect groups, if you really break it down, they help us, honestly, to fulfill God's commands to us, to love one another, because we're doing that in connect groups, to bear one another's burdens, to encourage one another, and pray for one another. Literally, in connect groups, it helps us fill God's command to, to each other. We love another. We bear with our burdens. We encourage, and we pray for one another. So when we are done with the service, and you go out to the lobby, see what connect group fits, which one you think. Maybe a topic interests you. Maybe you know that leader that's leading the connect group, but get plugged into a connect group. God wants to use people to help you, and he wants to use you to help others as well and to build those relationships. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, before this message is over, there is one thing I just feel very strong I do want to talk about because we learned about connect groups, which is awesome. This is connect group weekend, and we heard about this. We heard about the importance of connecting with one another, of building community, of building relationships. But if you're in this room and you haven't made that first relationship, that first connection with Jesus, that is the most important one. That's the most important relationship because that is a relationship that seals your eternal destination. That is the relationship when you receive that relationship, you're sealed with his spirit. Amen? Amen. And if that's you, I want to make sure we pray for that because, listen, we all fall short. We all are sinners. We all have sinned. But God made a way. He made a way by sending his son Jesus here for us. He made a way when Jesus came here. He died for us and he rose again. He made a way for us to have eternal life with him. And the Apostle Paul, who we talked about in this message, who went and started these churches and went and told people to love Jesus, he said it was very simple. He said, when you believe Jesus is God's son, and you believe he went to the cross for you, and you believe he died and you believe he rose again, he says, when you believe that and then you say that, you pray that, confess that, he says, you are saved. You are saved. And I think back to 2012 when I prayed that prayer. That is when my life changed. And at first it was scary. At first, it was just me and God, and then I didn't know he had a community also. He had relationships for me to make after, but it was the most important relationship I made was that relationship with him because that changed my eternity. So what I want to do is I want to pray that prayer together here tonight. So if we all bow our heads and shut our eyes, and if you are in this room and you have never prayed that prayer, you can expect your life to change. It says that you forever will be sealed by God's Holy Spirit. Your eternal destination is heaven with him forever. From the minute you take your last breath, you will be with him. So let's pray this prayer with me. Father God, I believe you sent your son Jesus 
to go to the cross for me, to die for my sins. And I believe he rose again. I believe he defeated death. So, Father, I ask you to make me a child of God. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for forgiving my sins. In Jesus' name. Would you say amen? Amen. amen. Let's give it for people that prayed that prayer for the first time. You just made the most important connection, the most important relationship there is. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.